Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to another edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of Six Over the Score and the Locked on Blackhawks podcast. Jay, we keep going these distances between shows. It's not too bad, usually a week, eight, nine days, and it seems like there is always news for us to discuss, and today is yet another one of those instances. How no, you doing, man? I'm doing great. No doubt about that. You and I were planning on doing one yesterday, and I think I wrote you on Twitter. Hey, are we still good for today? Also, what the hell are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and we were going to talk about Kim Yon- the Kim Janssen article that Scott Powers wrote, which is fascinating, and I'm sure we'll get to it um, someday, not today. But then at about 4.15, news broke, and yes, of course, James and I are going to cover the John McDonough firing the entire show today. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, very easy to do. Our email is madhousepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at madhousepod. We're on Instagram at madhouse underscore pod. We also have a website, madhousepod.com. You can go there, check out all of our sponsors, find all of our episodes, get some merch from our Threadless shop. There's all sorts of things you can do at madhousepod.com. But that's not why you're listening right now. You want to hear our takes on the John McDonough firing. I did a podcast yesterday while James was working. Thank you to everybody who checked that out. It was our highest listened to episode of the year so far. And that's only counting what happened yesterday. That doesn't include what happened this morning. So it's because I wasn't on it. Well, I didn't want to say it, but probably. Um, no. But but huge, huge numbers, uh, over 5,000 downloads on that episode alone. So thank you all so much for listening. 
proving once again that people do care about hockey. But you've heard my takes. You've heard what I've had to say. I've been on the score. I've been on this. I've been on Lockdown Blackhawks. I want to give to Florida James, who has not really had a a chance, aside from his recent interview with Lawrence Holmes, to give his thoughts on this. So, James, John McDonough fired should we read the John McDonough statement first before we uh, get to your thoughts, or do you want to? What do you want? Yeah, do? let's go ahead and do that. Uh, do you want to handle that, or you want me to? I got it right in front of me, so I'll do it. So, a brief statement here from John McDonough. Uh, this was sent by the Blackhawks, by the way, uh, at twelve forty-five p.m. on Tuesday. It says, "Dear Blackhawks family and friends, Rocky Wirtz gave me an amazing opportunity to preside over the Chicago Blackhawks twelve and a half years ago. It was a ride of a lifetime." I would like to thank Rocky, the Wirtz family, our staff, the players, the ambassadors, and the fans for all they've done for the organization. I'll be forever grateful to them and proud of what we accomplished together. Blackhawks fans are so incredibly passionate and loyal, and we are deserving of a consistent winner. I wish Danny Wirtz well in his new role, and I'm confident the organization will have success in the search for a new president. My late father used a phrase sparingly but impactfully to describe those he found to be the most dignified, respectful, and worthy of admiration. He would say they had class a la mode. That perfectly describes the words family and the Chicago Blackhawks. Good luck. I'll be pulling for you. John F. McDonough. So there is the John McDonough statement released by the Blackhawks, which I thought was a little bit surprising, but probably the right thing to do. Well, yeah, I mean... He's been with the team for so long. I was frankly surprised they didn't have a statement yesterday. I thought they would have given him an opportunity to say goodbye kind of right away. I'm not sure why there was the day delay. Maybe they wanted to just kind of give him the floor by himself after the initial shock of the firing war off or whatever. But pretty much what I expected from John McDonough. He's a guy that gets that it's important to exit gracefully, I think. And I'm sure that he was probably as surprised by it as anybody else, I would guess. But yeah, pretty much what I expected out of a statement from him. Well, what's your take on the whole thing, James? So when you heard the news yesterday, you're at NBC, you're working your ass off, you're, <laughs> you got stories coming in left and right, and then this happens. Uh, what went through your mind when you got the news? Uh, what ap- well, the first thing that went through my mind was, oh, my God, I have to drop everything I'm doing and do this because, <laughs> you know, I'm Blackhawks boy at NBC. So I always have to be on top of everything. And that was definitely, you know, biggest Blackhawks story of the year. Uh, it was absolutely bonkers in the moments afterward. But the more that I kind of like reflected on it in the minutes and hours after it was announced, the more I realized how truly surprising this all was i mean we talked about it on the podcast last month that rocky Wirtz had basically given a vote of confidence to everybody in the front office of the team and had said they were all going to be back and now all of a sudden and they even mentioned this in the uh, press release which i found very interesting over the month that they've been out of action because of the COVID 19 pandemic i guess rocky Wirtz has been kind of thinking about his options and all that and decided that now was the time to make a change in the very highest levels of management of this team. And I, and the thing that the two things that kind of came to mind for me were all of the things that John McDonough accomplished. And I'm sure we'll delve into that quite a bit on this podcast. But then the second thing is, is this not only going to be just looking for a new team president, but is this going to be a complete overhaul of the entire organizational structure of this team? And that to me, is fascinating. If they're going to do that, I could see some massive changes coming to this team. Absolutely. I agree with you. And some conversations I've had 
since last night have shed some light on that a little bit, and I'm going to get to that later in the podcast. You're not going to want to miss it. That's called a tease. The whole point of that is to keep you listening, but I promise you, you're going to want to hear this information uh, that I have because it's good. It's from great sources, and it will shed some light on the potential direction of where the Blackhawks are going to go from here. But, James, what you said I think is the way they're leaning. It would be to sort of separate the hockey and the business, right, where – just like, and I, I mentioned this all the time as an example, but it's accurate. You've got Crane Kenny and you've got Theo Epstein. Crane Kenny handles the business relationships, the advertising, the marquee sports network, blah, 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 all that stuff. Theo Epstein handles the baseball. That's how I want the Blackhawks to do things. And I've got a couple names that have been given to me over the last 24 hours uh, and, and just sort of some more information about McDonough. And, and that's where I want to start first. If you read... John Greenberg's piece in The Athletic from last night. And if you've been following during John Greenberg's work over the years, he's not one to, t- to, to resist taking shots at the whole John McDonough thing. And I, I know just based on knowing people who have worked in the organization on the hockey side and the PR side and other sides, et cetera, working for John McDonough was not a fun thing to do. Um, the constant feeling of walking on eggshells, Who's going to be the next victim of an explosion? Um, look, what made John McDonough really good at his job, his attention to detail, is also what makes him very, very difficult to work with. He has dress code rules. Like, you can't wear a button-down shirt if it's not blue or white. Your tie has to be a certain length. You can't wear a sweater over your shirt and tie. We've seen Blackhawks players dive into lockers before because they didn't have a Hawks hat on for an interview. Those little things that John McDonough has been enforcing for 13 years, they start to weigh on the employees a little bit, and it starts to hurt morale a little bit. Everyone listening to this podcast has worked for a boss like that, right? Maybe not just like that, but, you know, with some rules that were basically just done to flex, to show off your muscle, to to make it a power trip sort of a thing. And and I think that's a part of this whole thing. And And I think you sort of mentioned it. The fact that no one's at work right now, the fact that no one's tied down with the hustle and bustle of operating a hockey team gave Rocky Wirtz a little bit of time to sit and reflect on the way things have gone. And if he's got Danny by his side in his ear, it's no secret that Danny and John McDonough weren't weren't very close and didn't see eye to eye on everything. If Danny's got Rocky's ear and say, look, this is how it is at the office. This is how your employees feel. Maybe that maybe that was sort of the turning point in the Wirtz McDonough relationship. See, I, I feel like within a 13-year span, I think Rocky would have kind of gotten that vibe, especially over the last five years that the team has not been winning Stanley Cups. I feel like if it was strictly a matter of just like personality clash and kind of needing to make a change for that for that reason, I think it may have happened sooner than this. I'm wondering if there's maybe a little bit more of a disagreement at play over the direction of the team as a whole and I that's what I kind of talked about with Lawrence Holmes today I saw a report yesterday that there may have been some conflict between McDonough and Wirtz about whether or not to resume the 2019-2020 NHL season I saw that I'm sure I'm sure there could be some disagreements about whether or not the Blackhawks would be willing to play a season with or like the remainder of the season without fans I'm sure that that could have come into play the thing that I think would be most likely in terms of a key disagreement between McDonough and Wirtz would be pretty simple. And that's the direction of the hockey team. 
I think that there is definitely a possibility that John McDonough, who has voiced a lot of support for Stan Bowman over the years and has definitely had his back at times, at least from everything I've seen. I, I wonder if maybe Rocky Wirtz had kind of started to really question whether he wanted to make some serious changes to the structure of the front office and probably boot Stan Bowman out. And I'm wondering if John McDonough didn't want to do that. That to me is probably the most likely scenario, barring any like insane fallout from something else. Obviously, you know, something else could have happened, right. but that to me just seems to be the most likely scenario that they had some type of a fundamental disagreement over the direction of the hockey team on the ice. And it feels like to me that the most likely thing there would have been that John McDonough didn't want to get rid of Stan Bowman and maybe Rocky Wirtz wanted to explore that option. All right. There's a lot to unpack there. So you mentioned uh, the disagreement about whether or not they should return to hockey or not. Uh, I think we saw the same report. I've been told that Rocky did did want to return to hockey, and John did not, okay? So take that for what it's worth. The other thing to keep in mind there, too, just keep it in the back of your brain, John McDonough and Gary Bettman are tight. So keep that in mind. Keep that in the back of your head as you consider if hockey's coming back this year. The other thing, John McDonough would never, ever approve a rebuild. He wouldn't say the word. He wouldn't talk about it. It was a non-starter for John McDonough. So maybe you're right there. The other thing, if, well, they are true. The stories about John McDonough's workplace behavior are true. He is a tyrant. That's a word that a lot of people have used about him. And it's not just me. Not me. I never worked for him. But a lot of people who have have told the same story or similar stories. Why would John McDonough, with that personality, want a GM that's not Stan Bowman? Stan Bowman whether you're a fan of his or not, is not the kind of guy who's going to stand up to a boss. I hate using the term alpha male. I hate it. I hate the idea of it. I hate the concept of it. I hate anyone who would take pride in being such a thing. However, if you have a GM that's, for instance, Dale Talon or Joe Sackick or Steve Eiserman or a player with skins on the wall who's done it before and John McDonough gets in their way, They're not going to say, okay, John, whatever you say. They're going to say, screw you. Go back in your office. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the hockey guy. You make the commercials. You get the ice girls out there. Okay, that's your job. I'll handle the hockey. Stan Bowman does not have that in his personality to do that. That's why I think John McDonough would love to have a GM just like Stan Bowman underneath him so he can push him around and tell him what to do. And that's sort of the, the personality I get from Stan Bowman, right? I, I think you'd probably agree. He's a passive personality. And I think that that's why John was probably so loyal to Stan and why Stan got the edge over Q when the time to make a big move happened, okay? Mm. So I do think that what you were saying, that maybe they wanted to move on from Bowman and John didn't, that's another fundamental disagreement. So as you start to pile these things up, unwillingness to rebuild, unwillingness to fire the GM, disagreement on whether or not to resume hockey. Not that they have total say in that. It's the commissioner and the league's choice, but they do have some influence as an original six franchise. All those things considered, maybe that was what happened over the course of the last month. Uh, yeah, I mean, that pretty much is... Uh, those, those were all really good uh, insights, I think, especially the 
insight of why McDonough's personality would want a guy like Bowman around. That's not something I'd given extensive thought to, but the more you said it, the more that it really makes sense. There is definitely a power dynamic there where John McDonough wouldn't want a guy that would push back at him. That, to me, makes all of the sense in the world and also would probably put, in Rocky's mind, the idea of walling off hockey and business. I think that that would be you know, something after seeing all of that and kind of seeing the way that that's handled with McDonough kind of with his fingers and everything, you know, splitting those two up would probably be a really good idea. And you were never going to be able to do that if John McDonough was still running the show here. Definitely. More on that in a second. I want to tell you about our friends at Triple Threat Sports, triplethreatsports.com. Chris Hubble and his crew have started making masks at Triple Threat Sports. So if you need a mask to go out shopping, it's going to start, it's going to start to be required here very soon where you're going to have to have one to go to a store. Triple Threat is turning out thousands of masks every day. So if you need one, email chris at triplethreatsports.com. You can obviously place a group order for your family, for your friends, for your community, whatever. If you want to supply some to other people, great. But email chris at triplethreatsports.com. This is how Triple Threat Sports is staying afloat during this COVID-19 crisis. So help them out, help yourself, get the supplies you need to handle this pandemic as it's, as we're still right in the grips of it. Uh, Chris has stepped up, his crew has stepped up, and they're using the uh, facilities they have at Triple Threat to produce those masks. So email again, chris at triplethreatsports.com, 708-478-6090. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. Uh, so yeah, go support them. So um, the McDonough thing. I was told today that over the last few years, he's been more meddling in hockey, uh, in the hockey decisions. I was told today it was his decision to call up Adam Boquist this year. That should never be his call ever, no. ever, ever, ever. Someone in his role should not have that call. Okay. I was told before the Jalmerson for Murphy trade was made. It was going to be Jalmerson and Hosa as a bigger deal for in return for Connor Murphy or whatever. And McDonough nixed that trade too. Okay. I don't know what the return was. I don't know if the Hawks were getting some young talent back or whatever, but I was told by two sources today that that deal was nixed by John McDonough. Okay. So the evidence is piling up here that over the last few years, he started to get more involved and everyone on earth is watching the last dance, the Jerry, the bulls thing, the Michael Jordan thing. You know, how Jerry Krause is just sort of desperate to get his name in the papers and desperate to get the attention he felt he deserved. Jerry was a basketball guy. This is John McDonough doing this. That's not his role. Okay. And again, maybe this time off, someone has been able to finally take Rocky who is a billionaire. He's got his hands on a lot of things, a very busy man sit him down and say, look, this is what's going on. This is what's happening on the hockey side. And Rocky says, oh, my God, that that can't be. This is not how things should operate, right, and makes the call. I don't know, but so much of the info I got today and yesterday, it, it's, it, it's really it, it's troubling if that's how things were going, that your business guy makes the call to call up Adam Boquist. That's it worked out because Boquist was pretty good, but that is franchise harming potentially. That's mm-hmm. the sort of thing that could set your franchise back. If Adam Boquist comes up here and struggles big time and and loses his confidence, loses whatever, and never pans out, 
You can't have John McDonough making that call because guess what happens then? If it doesn't work out, John McDonough fires Stan Bowman. Oh, Boquist wasn't a good pick, right? That, I'm glad. Hearing this info now, good. And hopefully this realization inspires them to do this the right way. Business, hockey are separate. Separate things. Yeah, I mean, there there really does need to be a firewall between business and uh, the sport that you're trying to win in. And I think that if we've seen anything from the Cubs, it's that that separation, that defined line between the two is definitely a good thing because then you're not making sporting decisions based on how it'll affect the bottom line of the franchise. And then you don't have the business side meddling in the sports side and potentially screwing up whatever, you know, those people are trying to build there. So I definitely think that if that was the case and it from all of your reporting, Jay, it certainly seems like it was, I, I definitely can see why Rocky Wirtz would not want that to continue. And if the team was going to make any significant changes, that had to be change number one. Like they, it is not surprising to me. I've seen some people ask if it's surprising that McDonough went before uh, Bowman or Colleton, I don't think it's surprising at all. I think that if you're really going to make any type of meaningful change to a team that was poised to not make the playoffs for the third year in a row, I think it, it definitely had to be that change, I think. And especially if all of those behind-the-scenes machinations and all that were going on, I think that Rocky decided that it was time for a change in direction. And my big question, and I'm sure we're going to get into this in the next segment, is... How big a change are we really talking about? Well, I think it's a really big change, especially if they go the way I think they're going to. We are going to take a break. First, I want to tell you about our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theater Street, family-owned and operated since 1933. They've been around a long time, a really long time. It's their 90, what will be, 93 years is their anniversary? Or 90? I'm bad at math. What's 2020 minus 1933, James? Go. That would be 87. Okay, it's their 87th anniversary this week. Wow, I'm bad at math. Holy crap. Oh, my God. That's awful. Um, yeah, it's their anniversary this week, so go check them out. They're still offering curbside. You can place your order. Go pick it up. There was an image of a couple eating their anniversary dinner in the parking lot of Marishka's. It was absolutely adorable. Poor boys on a little picnic table. Just just great. So go support all the small businesses on our podcast, including Marishka's uh, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill. Marishka's.com, Facebook.com slash Marishka's. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. You're not going to want to miss the information we have coming up next here on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system. In the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealers. See dealer for details. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is Jay Zawoski. James Naveau is with me via Skype out there in Bourbon A. Hey, we want to shout out our friends at Fry the Coop. Over the last few weeks, I've done a couple hot mic broadcasts. James and I have done them together as well. Uh, we raised uh, $600 worth of food donations from Fry the Coop. 
uh, for the uh, nurses and doctors working the night shift at Christ Hospital. That food was delivered on Saturday, courtesy of our friends at Fry the Coop. What's Fry the Coop? I'm glad you asked. Some of the best damn hot chicken you'll ever have. It is the best I've ever had, including all the mainstays in Nashville. There's one. There's a Fry the Coop in Oak Lawn, Elmhurst, West Town, coming soon to Tinley Park as well. Uh, well Street Market. There's lots of locations, so there's a Fry the Coop by you. Frythecoop.com. You can place your order online. Go pick it up. And remember to add a little extra for the uh, Feeding First Responders initiative they have on their website there. You will not want to miss it. Frythecoop.com. I promise you, you are going to absolutely love every bite from Fry the Coop. Uh, I'm so jealous of you, man. You told me off air that you've been there multiple times during this whole thing, and I have not, and I'm jealous. I'm sorry. I, it travels, you should be, dang it. It travels really well. Like I can take it from Oakland to Homewood, and it's like it's 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 not as hot as if I was sitting at the table, but it's it's not cold. It doesn't need warming up. They do a great mm. job. I don't know if Bourbon A, an extra half hour, would, would do very well, but you could eat in the car. Just True. make sure you've got lots of lots of cold beverages to drink because it is and, hot. And boy, would I, man! I would, I would absolutely eat that in the car. <laughs> I obviously wouldn't be able to have a nice cold beer with it, but I'm sure I could figure something out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah. So we. I'm still, a smart guy. You are a smart guy. Everyone says that about you, as far as you know. Um, yes. So we've got a lot to dissect here with this John McDonough thing. We're we're just scratching the surface. So there's a couple directions we can go. Um, we've been talking about the potential for a restructure of the organization. I think James and I are on the same page. That's what we want. We want business and we want hockey separate. We're going to keep going to the Cubs model because it's worked so well. Look how well the baseball side is done with the baseball staff and look how done how good the business side is done with the business staff. It helps everyone focus on their job and do the same thing. But again, without a strong personality in that hockey ops role, that temptation for the marketing business side to come over that it can it can it can blur that way theo epstein is going to tell crane kenny to go f himself if he has to stan bowman's not going to say that to john mcdonough or anyone so it's important that whoever this head is even if stan bowman remains the gm whoever stan's boss is is the guardian between him and the business side that to me is very very important uh yeah, I mean, I would, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I think that 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 kind of role is very important. I definitely think I, I have absolutely no idea who the Blackhawks would hire on the business side of things. I think that that's a decision that they're going to make, and I'm probably never going to have heard of the person <laughs> that they choose to do it. And that's obviously assuming they don't just say, "Hey, Danny Wirtz, why don't you be the president of business operations for the Blackhawks or whatever they want to do with that." The thing I'd be interested in, the thing that I think that you and I are kind of qualified to weigh in on would be how the hockey ops department would be structured. Would it be similar to the Cubs where they have the president of hockey operations and then a separate GM under them, kind of like what the Bulls are doing with their new front office as well? I, I think that that would be my ideal scenario would be to have those positions be separate. But I want the GM to have enough power that they're not just like a figurehead that they actually figure in decisions. I have no use for a John Paxson Gar Foreman type arrangement. No, absolutely. I think, I, I think that that would end up backfiring in a situation like the Blackhawks and you would end up in basically NHL hell, kind of like the bulls did with the NBA. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I have a couple names to keep an eye on 
for the business side that we can get to first. Um, a guy who's been with the Blackhawks forever, Pete Hassan. Uh, he's been part of the Blackhawks organization, I think, for 15 years. Um, and he's he's always around. If you've ever been to the Hawks convention, you've probably seen him. He actually looks like a hockey player. Really tall guy, slick back hair, good-looking young guy. Uh, he is currently the uh, vice president of marketing. He was Before that, he was a senior executive director of marketing. He's been in the organization for a really long time. Uh, very, very visible to those who know who he is. You see him all the time. That's a guy whose name I've been told to look out for. I want to give credit to Ryan Brandell. Uh, Barstool Chief was on with me and Joe Ostrowski last night on the score, and he dropped Pete Hassan's name too. I've heard it twice more since then uh, from people, so that's the third person I've heard bring up that name in just about 12 hours. Uh, so keep that in mind. The other one, Marie Satera, is the Blackhawks' Uh, vice president of human resources. She's someone who also could be pegged to move up in the organization and handle the business side of things. Uh, and I do think the Hawks could be looking to put a woman in a more prominent position of power, which I think would be a great idea. It's a good thing. Um, as for Danny Wirtz, I was told today it's unlikely he would keep this job permanently because he's got so much going on with breakthrough, breakthrough beverage that's really his main thing, and they don't want to stretch him too thin, and he's doing a really good job with that. So I do think, at least based on conversations I've had today, that the Danny Wirtz thing truly is an interim basis sort of a thing. So, got to keep the uh, got to keep the money rolling in. Got to keep the uh, gravy train running and the booze flowing. That will never stop. That business will never dry up, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's move on to the hockey side. I know you mentioned uh, during the break when we were chatting that uh, Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus uh, published a list of potential candidates. You want to go over that real quick? Yeah, and I'm kind of annoyed because I had I had two names on my list, or sorry, three names on my list, and I was like, oh, I'm so happy with this. I would totally be cool with any of those guys as a potential uh, GM or maybe even a president of the team. And then I looked at Mark Lazarus and Scott Powers' list, and they had all three of them, and I was like, are you – effing kidding me and so i i had come up with this list of names and i'm going to say that you know mark and scott are as brilliant as i am apparently the one of the first names that i actually thought of is a guy that i would not mind seeing in either a gm role or a maybe even a president of hockey ops role if the blackhawks decide to go in that direction is uh, ron hextall I thought that he kind of got short shrift in L.A. I know that the Kings obviously have not been the best of teams in recent years, but he was really handed a really difficult project when he was with them. And I think that he did a decent enough job with that, that I think that he could potentially oversee a rebuild with the Blackhawks. I also had former Vancouver GM Mike Gillis, just based on the fact that he's apparently really into analytics. And I think that that's definitely something that the Blackhawks could potentially use to their advantage. And then the other two names, one of the names that Mark and Scott brought up that I thought was really interesting was Bill Zito, currently an assistant GM in Columbus. I've read a lot of uh, good things about him from several different people that I uh, uh, check, checked out across the web, so to speak. And then, of course, there's one candidate that's kind of staring us in the face. And I know that he's been brought up as a GM, as a coaching possibility, all sorts of things. And that's a guy that's, you know, in the Blackhawks organization right now. That's Eddie Olchek. I mean, he 
didn't have the greatest of runs as an NHL head coach, but I think that that's kind of the way sports seem to be going right now is that those kind of high profile broadcasters are always going to at least get a look at, you know, these types of jobs. And I think there are very few people who have a better understanding of where the Blackhawks are and where they could potentially improve than a guy like Eddie, who is constantly watching them and constantly evaluating them from the broadcast booth and obviously within the organization as well. So those were the kind of uh, first blush names that I had come up with for some new uh, blood in the front office. And uh, I don't know, Jay, am I completely crazy or am I maybe onto something? I think you're onto something there. And uh, the names you're, you're saying make perfect sense. They're all, all very qualified. One thing I want to say about Gillis, by the way, he sort of panned as like, well, the Vancouver Canucks failed. The Vancouver Canucks under Mike Gillis ran into the buzzsaw of the Blackhawks over and over and over again. We all know that very well. But looking back at those games that we did over the last month when they were showing those old series, those teams were stacked. They were good. They were deep. They just weren't good enough to beat the Blackhawks. So I don't think that shows that Mike Gillis is incompetent in any way, shape, or form. I know. I was. I'm sorry, Jay. I don't don't mean to interrupt you, but I think during my chain, my train of thought about the uh, teams that the guys had previously worked for, I think I had said Ron Hextall was the GM of the Kings. I meant the Flyers. Yeah. He was the assistant GM in LA. He ended up being the GM of the Flyers. That was. I didn't even catch brain it, fart but... on my part, man. No problem. It happens. Words are hard. Um, the other name, Eddie Olchek, is a name that. A lot of people, it it just seems like sort of an obvious thing. And I did some investigating today. Over the last 16 months, Eddie Olchek has been interviewed by at least four NHL teams about hockey operations positions. So Eddie O is absolutely, at least in the eyes of at least four NHL teams, qualified to take this sort of a role. I don't know if Eddie would want to do like the GM thing. But as far as hockey operations czar, I think Eddie Olchek is a great candidate for that. I think he would love to have the job. I think he'd be really good at the job. And you want to talk about a guy who will go tell the marketing side to go F themselves? It's Eddie Olchek. Look, Eddie Olchek is a super nice guy, but he's also no nonsense, right? He's not going to, if he's got a job to do, he's going to do it. He's going to do it to the best of his ability. And he's not going to let someone interfere with it. I think he would be a great hire. And look, anyone who's listened to the Madhouse podcast or Lockdown, whatever, anything I've ever done on the score knows that local guy means dick to me. I could not care less. I want the best person for the job. If they're from Siberia or if they're from 1902 West Madison, I don't care. It doesn't make a difference to me. I do think, though, based on the fact that all these other teams have looked to talk to Eddie Olchek, including the Philadelphia Flyers, who got permission from the Hawks to talk to Eddie O. They filled this position internally, but he interviewed with the Flyers, with the Hawks' permission. Teams want Eddie Olchek. He's right there. It's his hometown. He knows the team well. He knows the organization well. To me, that's a huge no-brainer. That's a no-brainer to me. I think that I think that's a that would be such an easy and obvious move to make. And then you got to wonder from there, I guess and we would find out what does Eddie think of the rest of the hockey operations staff? Does he like Bowman? Does he like Al McIsaac? I got some fun info on him today too. Does he like, you know, the scouts and everything in the organization? That would be the question. But to me, 
That's the kind of personality. That's the kind of guy who's got the kind of connections you want in that role. Everyone in hockey knows Eddie Olchek. Everybody in hockey respects Eddie Olchek. The guy knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. And I think he'd be super interested in the hockey, you know, president of hockey operations job for the Blackhawks. And I think they should definitely consider giving him that job. I, I agree with everything you said about Eddie being very qualified for the job and almost certainly would be interested in it if it was offered to him. The thing that I wonder about with that is wouldn't the Blackhawks, if you're willing to go ahead and fire a guy like John McDonough, do you think that maybe they would rather go outside of the organization, get a completely uh, fresh set of eyes on this whole thing? Or do you think they would rather kind of keep with that continuity at least a little bit and then let Edzo make the decisions further down the line. Well, this is what we need to see. This is what we need to decide. Okay. And this is what I think Rocky Wirtz needs to find out. What does Stan Bowman really think? What, like if Stan Bowman had full autonomy to, to manage this team the way he wanted to, right. And if, if Rocky and Stan sit down and Rocky said, Stan, what happens at this table or this Zoom meeting, whatever, does never never leaves this again. We'll never speak of it again. I want to know. Consequence free. Anything you say here will not be used against you. What is the right direction for the Blackhawks? Be honest. I would like to know what Sam Bowman truly thinks without the influence of John McDonough and his cronies uh, hovering over things. Well, that, that kind of gets to the elephant in the room then, doesn't it? And that is if... Rocky Wirtz likes what he hears from Stan Bowman about his big picture uh, viewpoint of the Blackhawks and where they need to go. Do they just make him president of hockey operations? Well, we've talked about that a little bit before. If, you know, instead of firing Bowman as the GM, just sort of elevating him in the, you know, elevating him in the organization. And then uh, giving... they're going to Reinsdorf him. I know. <laughs> I know. But like, I, I, you know, I want, I want, I want a whole new set of, and if it's Eddie Olchek on in charge of it, I hope that he would clean house or whoever comes in would clean house and start fresh. I think that makes a lot of sense. I also don't get the, uh, just sort of sidebarring here. I don't get the impression that Eddie O and Stan Bowman are lockstep hockey philosophy wise, just based on the way the roster has been built and the way I know Eddie Olchek values hockey players and hockey. My one concern with Eddie would be, how is he with the analytics? Does he care? Does he value them? Is he invested in them? Does he understand their value? That's my one sort of hesitation. I'm not saying you need to go in and hire, you know, hockey Billy Bean where everything is math, but I think you need someone who is at least open-minded about it. And Eddie could say, or whoever it is could say, look, I believe in it. I don't have firm grasp of it. That's why I'm going to hire a GM who does. And then they're going to collaborate and make the best decision for the organization. That's the sort of thing that I think is ideal. Yeah, and that would probably end up bringing in some other uh, outside candidates who, like you said, kind of have a firm grasp of those kinds of uh, metrics. And uh, Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus did bring up an interesting one in that department, and that is Megan Chaika. She co-founded a company called Stat Stathletes. Stathletes. It's a hockey data and analytics company. It's used by a lot of different teams in the NHL. So you could maybe go that direction with a GM, have like a numbers type person come in and, you know, kind of evaluate players in that way and then have a more traditional 
hockey mind in the president's role, I think that would be a really good uh, one-two tandem idea for the Blackhawks. Well, that, that's sort of ideal, right? As you get the, the old-school scouting philosophy along with the numbers philosophy working in tandem, that to me is sort of the ideal thing, right? I believe in analytics, but you and I have talked about it a lot. We both believe in the eye test. We both believe in, you know... The num- fact that it's a game played by human beings. Exactly, and those things matter. And they truly do matter. That's an interesting name. And a couple I wrote down last night, speaking of Chica, John Chica, the Coyotes GM, he's 30 years old. Uh, he's done some good things in a small market. And I wonder if he was sort of elevated to a hockey ops position, how he would do. Um, the other name that's been kind of quietly under the radar a little bit since his retirement is George Peros, mm. the former enforcer. He's 40 years old. He is the current... NHL senior VP of player safety. Uh, he has an economics degree from Princeton. Uh, what I like about Peros is he is decisive. He doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. He's going to make the move he thinks is best. He's bold. He is the anti-Stan Bowman in personality. And I think a strong guy at the top of the organization like that could work wonders. And then the other one I've sort of had an eye on a little bit, but I, I have to confess, I don't know enough about him. But all I hear about from Mark Hunter who runs the London Knights is that this is the best hockey mind, not in the NHL. He's got connections to Patrick Kane and all those guys who have come up over the years through London. Uh, and maybe just maybe you bring in a guy like that to run your hockey apps. But again, he's, I believe he's part owner of the London Knights. So I don't know if he'd be willing to leave that post, but some of these outside the box names are, are something to keep an eye on as well. So I, I like the idea of George Peros. And I think um, what the Hawks should do is, talk to everybody that's the benefit of doing this now that's what the bulls learned they can take their time there's no rush they can okay let's find our guy okay now we'll find our gm okay now we'll find our coach take your time talk to everybody you want to talk to and then make your decision that's a smart way to do this and because of what we're dealing with right now it puts them in an ideal situation to do that can you imagine if the blackhawks and the bulls both fired their presidents and their gms and then kept their head coaches because jim boylan apparently thinks he's staying in chicago i i don't i can't believe that i like he can't (laughs) he can't truly think that he can't truly believe like if you said come on jim come on you can't really think you're staying nope i'm fully confident come come on like you don't really believe that do you hey that guy's confident enough to call a timeout down nine with like five seconds left you don't think he's delusional (laughs) enough to think that he's staying in chicago Well, here here's the thing if if they're on the fence with him and then they hear that that's fireable (laughs) that (laughs) that to me makes up the mind okay he's truly this confident we're keeping him yeah he's clueless he's gone Okay, fine. If we're if we're going to go down this road, and obviously we've been down this road a million times before, but we need to go down it one more time because we're talking about large-scale decisions. Do you keep Jeremy Colleton? And if you don't, who do you replace him with? It's hard to say that right now. Like It, it depends on who comes in, who's in charge, what's the philosophy, right? Because the coach would be different based on the philosophy. If, it's an, if Eddie O comes in as a coach... I think the philosophy would go back to, and I'm going to say old school, but I don't mean it in a derogatory way. I think Eddie would be interested in sort of north-south kind of players, guys that are able to finish checks, et cetera, et cetera. Not building a goon squad by any means, but something that more resembles the Jets than the Blackhawks, right? Mm. So I think you'd want to bring in a coach that would represent that well. So it's hard to speculate. I've said this a lot about Jeremy Cowton, 
and Mark Lazar said it today on the score with Dan Bernstein, I really still don't know what he is or what he stands for or what his philosophy. Like, it's been over a year since he's been named head coach, and I still don't have a strong feeling for him one way or the other. I think it's been a really difficult situation that he's been placed in. Um, but I will say, aside from the results, right, the things that I've wanted him to do, play young players if they're outplaying veterans, et cetera, et cetera. He played Robin Leonard over Corey Crawford when Leonard was playing better. He had done the things you want a coach to do. With all the injuries that happened and the horrible start they had, they're not a playoff team. But I don't know if that's all Jeremy Cowton's fault. It's hard for me to make that call. But I think if you're making a clean sweep, why would you want the new hockey people, be it a GM, be it a head of hockey operations, whatever, why would you want them to have to inherit your coach? Just let them start the organization the way they want. That's the right way to do it. And if they go through their due processes and find, wow, I really like what Jeremy Cowton has to say and what he shows me here in these video clips and what his philosophy is for roster development, etc. And it works out that it's him. I'm not going to be pissed, but I would say, you know, clear the decks. And, and I think ideally you want them to bring in everyone they want from top to bottom. That's what the Cubs did. And it worked out very well. And I know that's not how it works every time, but it shows you that's sort of the way modern organizations are run. And I think that's what the Hawks should look to do too. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with you on that. I do think that if for whatever reason you bring in a new president, a new GM, and you have this whole new staff and they decide they want to keep Jeremy Colleton, I think you do have to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I know I've been on record as saying I think the Blackhawks need to make a change at head coach, but I also do think that there is value to letting a front office do what it wants to do. And if they look at Jeremy Colleton and say, you know what, we haven't given this guy an adequate chance or what have you, and we want to see what he still has, I how, how am I supposed to argue against that? I don't think that in good conscience I can do that. So I think in that limited scenario, I could – be okay with Jeremy Colleton sticking around, but I also, I, I think ultimately what this boils down to for me is that I hope this isn't just John McDonough and then everything else stays the same because what's in place right now isn't working. Like, why would you leave everything the same and then fire John McDonough and expect that and expect that that would fix everything? I really hope that this is just the first like salvo of a bunch of changes because frankly that's what this team needs dude from your mouth to rocky's ears i totally agree with you and right before i started saying that, i was thinking how am i going to end the show i was going to end the show by saying and the last 45 minutes could be completely wasted because they might change nothing else and if, and if that's the case it will be very disappointing but james i know you've got to go to work I'm going to let you scram. First, I want to tell you about our friends at Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe. They've got locations in Burbank and Darien. Like all the small businesses on this podcast are still open. They're taking orders. They're doing curbside. Whatever you need from Chuck's, it's there. Go to chuckscafe.com. Check out the menus, the barbecue, the Mexican, the Cajun food, the burgers, the, the wings. Everything at Chuck's is tremendous. You'll be happy. Everyone you're feeding will be happy as well. So go visit them chuckscafe.com burbank dairy and do it with that we're going to wrap things up here on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast hope you enjoyed today's podcast lots of information to digest james and i will be back very very soon with another episode but until then be well stay safe and we'll talk to you soon on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast
If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.